Welcome to Make It Happen, a podcast for bloggers and creatives. You're listening to episode number five. Welcome to the show, guys. I am so excited to be sharing today's interview with you today. I recently caught up with Alicia from over at the Alicia Nicole, and we had a really awesome chat about all things business and blogging and everything else in between. I had so much fun recording this episode with Alicia, and I hope it can be an awesome episode to just encourage and inspire you along the way in your own journey. Alicia is a business coach, a blogger, and she also runs the online shop Early August. And she shares some really vulnerable and honest insights in today's episode that I think you guys will really love. This episode feels way less like an interview and much more like a candid conversation between two creative friends. And we talk about everything from our approach to do list to Alicia's leap into entrepreneurship and why we both believe that fear can be a motivator instead of just something that can hold us back. I really hope you enjoy today's episode and let's jump into the show. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jen. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being on today. Um, Funny story, me and Alicia have actually already recorded this episode many weeks ago, but we had some serious technical issues my end. So we're back today, but that's even better because um, we've got even more awesome things to talk about together today. So um, for anyone who knows you, Alicia, or anyone who doesn't, like, do you want to share a bit of your story and especially your business journey so far and just who you are, what you do, all those awesome things? Hi, everyone. I'm Alicia. Um, I'm a business coach and blogger over at TheAliciaNicole.com. Um, and I'm also the owner of an online shop called Early August. Um, I took the leap of faith into entrepreneurship around, God, three years ago, maybe? Uh, almost three years ago. Um, and then what kind of led me to taking the leap? Um, I had my online shop, but I was still working like my nine to five job. Um, and I hated it. Like I absolutely hated my job. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, when they talk about taking the leap and, you know, it's kind of like a planned out thing where they actually, you know, talk to their boss and then either go part time and then, you know, kind of casually become, a full-time entrepreneur, but that wasn't me at all. <laughs> um, I actually, it, it was driving me crazy. Like that's just how bad that job was bothering me. So I kind of felt like I had to choose between my sanity or, you know, sticking it out and making a decent paycheck. And due to like a, a very bad situation that happened at that job, I was just like, you know what? It's not worth it. Um, I'm, this job is not going to make me crazy. Um, I know, you know, I, I have a bigger purpose. So I'm just going to try it and, you know, see what the hell happens. And thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I haven't, you know, blown up into flames and you know just destroyed and just failed miserably. Um, my first online shop, um, it did fail. I did decide to close it, but um, it did lead me to you know, opening up another shop and then also it led me to blogging and being able to help other women in their own journeys as well. So everything happens for a reason. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thankful of the situation I was put in before. I love that you had a shop that failed, but that actually led you on to the thing that's worked for you. And I think that's really, I um, I think it's really cool to just like launch and learn. That's kind of my motto in a lot of things, you know, like it's okay if one thing doesn't work out it doesn't mean you quit it just means you learn from it because I did did you learn a lot from the first shop that helped you make early August what it is today 
Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Like, I was legit, like, I'm going to just put some products. I may, I may hate, make jewelry. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just putting some products online. People will buy it. That, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I learned a lot, like, what branding is. Um, that branding is more than just a logo and a website because that's all I thought it was. Um, I, I did. Um marketing I thought all I had to do was put some grainy little photos on Facebook and Instagram and people were gonna buy no that's that not what it was like I I, I really learned so much even down to like working with different vendors and people that I needed to like give me uh supplies and stuff for my actual jewelry like I learned how to like communicate and build relationships with them so I learned so much through that first business um I, I probably could have saved it if I would have gotten like on the right track and kind of focused, but I had gotten, I felt like I had gotten so deep and it was the complete opposite of what I originally wanted. So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to stop, take a break and then really start over the right way this time. I love that. So how, so how long between your launch, your leap into entrepreneurship, did it take you to feel like you like you had I don't know what's the word learned or got to a place where you that you know so you know the fear that you had when you took the leap like is this going to work out how long did it take you to think yeah this has worked out was that a long journey or was that oh god yeah sometimes I still ask myself (laughs) 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 no but yeah it took me god probably almost a year to really feel like okay I can do this I can do this like every morning I would wake up like with the mentality of I'm going to have to go back to that job. I think that's kind of what kept me going is, oh God, if I don't do this, I'm going to have to go back to that job. And I even like think about that now. Like if I don't, I'm so serious, sometimes fear can be a good thing. Like sometimes fear can definitely push you to do things, you know, especially out of your comfort zone or really push you to do things that you didn't think you would be able to do. Cause like, even now I'm like, I don't want to go back to working a job that like I absolutely can't stand. So either this is going to work or I'm going to be miserable again. So yeah, I, I, I definitely, it took me a while to like kind of get comfortable and say, all right, well, I can eat this week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice feeling as well when you know you can, you can eat that week. I think, um, I think knowing, obviously everyone has the the passion behind the topic that their business is focused around but I think actually knowing why you want to be self-employed like that motivation is so like for me it was um, like I had to quit my day job due to health reasons and then I couldn't really go back to a day job without my health really being debilitating so for me it was like okay I love what I do I'm so passionate but at the same time I need to do this because to my health I need to be able to work for myself and I think knowing so either you don't want to go back to that crappy job that's going to make you miserable or you want to be free with your life or your anything knowing that as well is such a good motivation I think it's the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning every day is like you want to have that control over your own life back I love that that's that's awesome and I think it's also good that like a year like it doesn't happen over four days or four months or four weeks or even like six months it takes time it takes a lot of it takes a lot of getting you probably woke up I'm guessing a lot of days like what am I doing because I I've been like oh yeah and I I feel like everyone too kind of needs like that personal motivation I guess you can say like I don't I don't care how much money you're making in your business I don't care you know how well you're doing everybody's gonna wake up one morning and say what the hell am I doing and I feel like you need that motivation like either it's like 
you don't want to go back to that crappy job or like your kids are like dependent on you. Like everyone needs like that personal motivation to keep themselves going. Like if you don't have that, then like you're, you're, you're pretty much like hopeless. It's hard to say that, but like you need like that little driving force within you to keep you. You have, you have to know, especially on the bad days, especially on the days when, you know, something goes wrong with a client or you look in the bank and you want to cry or, you know, just, or you have like 10 issues after issues you have to just sit there and be like this is why I'm doing this I'm doing this for you know to change my life to change the people I love's life to change my you know if you have children you have a partner anything like you're doing this for it's more than just having it is about having a job you love but it's having a life you love too I think exactly yeah and that's and I'm I'm huge on like telling my clients to like write down their big vision and I always tell them, don't make it, you know, just business, like make it personal too. like, what is your big goal? Like, what is your end goal in this? Like, and use that, like, write it down. I don't care if you have to put it on like a big poster board in your bedroom beside your bed, like use that for when the days you wake up and you're like, I'm just tired. I can't do this anymore. I'm about to fill out 12 job applications and just say, forget it. Like use that big vision of yours and how you want your life to be to like motivate you and keep you going it's so necessary like um it's just awesome to take with you and keep you it's I think it's an awesome way to share your story as well like we all obviously love what we're doing but to share kind of the why behind what we're doing I love I love hearing people's why's you know like for you like I love hearing like because you can probably just remember how you felt going to that job every day and I can remember what it was like to feel I People who have health, like chronic health conditions will probably know how it feels to be like, oh, I'm never going to reach my potential because I have this health condition. So and I know how that felt. And so I kind of refused to let that be the truth. I was like, no, I'm going to reach bigger than what I thought I was ever capable of because I'm just going to go for it. And so, yeah, I, I this is going down a tangent that I didn't think we'd go down, but I love it. Um, <laughs> it's No, it's great. I think everyone sitting there like right now who's working towards big things, like if you just write down the life vision like why are you doing this for it's more it's never about money like obviously people need money to live but I think it's always so much bigger than that it's about freedom I think ultimately freedom from something oh yeah peace of mind yeah peace of mind you need it and even if you don't want to like start your own business maybe you do want to like work in a nine-to-five and you want to like you know excel and you know get to the next level in like your career like you can still use the same thing like I always tell people like it's it's about what makes you happy. Like, what are you passionate about? Like, my mom works with, like, older veterans who were in the military and who were in the war. And, like, this woman loves her job. Like, die hard for her job. And I think that's so beautiful because I think people think, oh, if you're working for somebody else, then, you know, you're going to be miserable. But that's not always the case. Entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. So, you know, don't don't let, you know, anyone tell you you have to work for yourself to be happy because you don't. I love that. I think that's such because obviously this podcast is about making things happen, and I think I but I also love that that doesn't mean that you have to work for yourself. Like some people, there's some realities also of working for yourself that just wouldn't suit a lot of people. You know, there's the feast and famine of it, which is the most anxiety. Like it, it can cause you so much anxiety when you make a lot of money one month, and then the next month you make a quarter of that and you're like whoa what and the some people don't want to do all these things and that's great and I think you're so right like it's just about building a life that you want to build 
So it's like if you want to work in a corporation or like a company, it's like choose one that aligns with your values and all things like that. So this probably leads on well to the, the next thing I wanted to pick your brain about, which is you wrote a post really recently about how fear almost ruined your first year in business. And I think I think um, I love talking about fear. I will talk about fear with people all day, every day. I think I think it's a good thing and a bad thing that we have in our lives. But I don't know if you want to share your experience of that, like crippling fear in your first year and then also how you overcame it, too. Yeah, I um, started my shop. Like I said, it was really just a hobby that I just so happened to decide I can make some money off of this thing. And I guess I was still kind of stuck in like the hobby mindset. Like I wasn't really thinking about it as a business like I should have been. And just through that process, like I know I made, you know, pretty decent products. And I would always, when I tried to take that next step to really actually making it a business, I just, I would let fear tell me, oh no, you're not good enough. Oh, or, you know, you're not, bobble bar or you know you're not kate spade or one of these big brands like no no blogger is going to want to work with you and like show off your products like i really let that fear cripple me and it 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 did limit me from doing like a lot of things in that business that i felt like i could have done especially like networking and you know contacting other bloggers or other maybe even like magazines that i felt like my my products were perfect for, but because I let that fear stop me, I missed out on what could have been an amazing opportunity. And that's, I feel like that's one thing with fear. Like it, it's just an emotion. Fear is only an emotion. It can't harm you. Like it can't physically hurt you, but it can really stop you from doing things that can potentially be amazing opportunities for you. And I had to like, it got to the point where I felt like I was stagnant. Like I was only making this little bit amount of money that was barely even covering cost of materials. And that's another thing. I was afraid to even charge what I was worth. Like that's just how bad I was. Um, And I was just making like this little bit of money. And I was like, finally one day I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like either I'm going to sit here and I'm going to keep having this hobby that just so happens to pay it. Or I'm really going to just put myself out there. And it's, I think the hardest part with fear and getting over it is taking that first step. It's like ignoring your mind when your mind tells you don't go left, you still going left. You know, you realizing that your mind is, is, is just you, you know, and you, you can tell your mind to stop. You can. I love that you mentioned pricing yourself because I think that's something I struggled with and that's something the people I'm friends with struggle with, the people I work with struggle with. I think pricing what you're worth and feeling confident that because the if you price yourself if any of us price ourselves too low, it's impossible to have a sustainable business. Because not only is there overhead costs, but then you also need to, you know, put a roof over your head, feed yourself, have a life. The best advice I think I ever read from from somewhere is like, it's not our job to assume what people can afford. It's not our job to assume our client's approach to money. We have to set a value. People don't buy what what the the, the money they buy the value of what the, the perceived value, and it's up to us to create products or services that have the value that lives up to the price that we're charging them at. Exactly, exactly, and especially with like someone who's just starting out, you know, you, you don't want to be selling a service for $2,000. Yeah. 
But I mean, of course, that's like intimidating because that's a lot of money for someone to invest in your product. But like you said, you have to like really show that value. And then also don't be afraid to say no. You know, you're going to have, especially when you're just starting out, you're going to have friends coming out of like everywhere saying, oh, well, let me get a discount on this or come on, you can just give me this for free. And I did a lot of that, too, because I was afraid to say no. But there is so much power in those two little letters. I'm so serious. And like, yes, in O, like hell, if you even had to put hell no in front of it, like I'm so serious. Like it's it's not even like saving your business, but. You're, it's your it's your business like you have to realize and your friends and whoever asking for the discount has to realize like this is how you pay your bills like you may or may not even be able to afford to keep your lights on if you keep giving away stuff for free so you can even think about fear like that like what is this stopping me from doing is this stopping me from you know living life like a normal person you know so yeah yeah definitely I think um I think a lot of us go into, especially creative entrepreneurs, a lot of us go into working for ourselves because we're really passionate about the work that we do. And I think that we cannot let that disconnect from the need to make profit. And it's awkward. It's awkward to talk about it because we love talking about the reasons behind our work. We love talking about why we're passionate. And we hate talking about the fact that we need to make money. If we could all do this, for, if we could all give what we want to give to the world for free, we would. But the world doesn't work like that. And I think the minute your brain shifts and you realize like, oh wait, I need to make money. This is ultimately what this is about. And that's why I think the most important thing is that you prioritize your energy, your investments and your focus into the biggest things that will give you the most return on your investment. You know, so like people do a lot of things in their business that is kind of like style over substance, I think. Whereas it's like, do the work that will have the biggest return on your investment. It's like it's like you're here to you're here to do good work and you're here to make money. My whole my whole thing is like do work that feeds your soul as much as it feeds your bank balance. That's what I say. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and I think like that's what it's about. You know, I think there's there's nothing worse than making money in a way that feels horrible. Like you you wrote recently about turning down sponsored why you should turn down certain sponsored content opportunities. And I've my my blog's completely ad free now because even though I could make money from sidebar adverts, it didn't feel good when it was coming. Um, all money isn't good money. And I, I, I learned that at an early age, like all money isn't good money. Um, just because someone is, you know, offering you a hundred dollars to say, write this blog post on their product. You know, if your blog has absolutely nothing to do with, you know, what you write about, then is it really worth potentially hurting your brand? Like, is it really worth, you know, messing up something that you spent all this time building or all this time, you know, really putting your all into one little blog post could turn away five potential clients, you know? It's like not letting instant, like $100 now, like that might seem great. But what if that means you're losing $1,000 in the long run? Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's, not, it's not worth it at all. No, I, w- I would definitely rather pass up that post. And then have like four amazing clients who are like, I love the fact that you stay so true to your brand. And yeah, like I I would so much rather have that. I also think for anyone like me and you, our blogs mainly work as the marketing tool for our coaching businesses. I think if your blog is the marketing tool for your business, you should dilute your brand as little as possible. So, you know, adverts, other brands, other things like 
if your blog solely exists to show your expertise and your work to the world and to attract clients, it's not worth wasting, it's not worth it for £200 just to say that you like this air freshener. Like, it's just not ever worth it, is it? Yeah. It's not, yeah. And I, I've, especially on mine, I've really dedicated now since I've stopped just accepting everything <laughs> like I did in the past. It's like, if I can't make this directly relate to my brand or make it to where it's actually helpful to my readers, it's not worth it. Like, it, it's not worth it. And it may hurt to pass up that little $200 check because, I mean, money is money. That's food. That's a month's <laughs> yeah, food. Yeah, exactly. I could pay, you know, my light bill, my phone bill with that. <laughs> but it's like, it's not worth it. Like, you have to think about your future and, like, what it is, what it doesn't mean for your brand. But yeah, I definitely agree. Put the needs of your business always first. Like if your blog works alongside your business, the business has to take center stage, I think. You know, like the blog has to work for the business. You can't make your business fit around blogging. I think that's a dangerous kind of... They can live very... Especially especially in, my, in the community that we exist in, it, the lines blur a lot. Oh, yeah. We were talking about this before we started. Like thinking of yourself as not just a blogger. Like you're... And I read another article... I have to think about who, who who wrote it, but and she was saying, you know, you're you're more than just a blogger. Like there, don't let anyone put you into like a box. And like you said, your blog should be your business's marketing tool. So like that should be kind of like second to your actual business. So I, I love that you mentioned it because we were just talking about that. Yeah, because I've listened to. Do do you know Elise Joy? No. She's a blogger. She has a podcast called At Least Gets Crafty. I'll link to okay. it in the show notes. And she, maybe it was months ago now, she had this, she went, to, I think she went to Alt Summit and people were talking about sponsored content and all these things they do for their blog. And she was sitting there and she was like, am I missing, am I missing out that I'm not doing this sponsored content? But her blog is her business's marketing tool. And she did this podcast episode about what it means when you're, you're a business owner who blogs, you're not a full-time blogger. And I'll, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's such an important mindset shift I think because you're a business owner with a blog you're not a full-time blogger so even though from the outside people might think oh you just blog full-time it's like no like the blog's what 15 percent 20 percent of the week maybe exactly and it's not even half the work trust me <laughs> no and it, it, it's literally just like and I think I think it's really freeing as well because um you then you have control of your blog and what the whole purpose of it is and you don't get caught up in do I have enough readers do I have enough twitter followers do I have enough traffic it's like as long as my business as long as my blog is helping my business thrive full stop that's all that matters exactly exactly I had to stop getting so caught up in the numbers too like this is like it's driving me crazy like sitting there trying to reach like a certain amount when my blog is not even where my full concern or my full attention should be going into so, yeah, it's like you really have to, like, shift your whole mind to, like, even when you introduce yourself to people. It's like I try not to say, oh, I'm a blogger now. You know, I try to say, no, I'm a creative business coach. Like, I'm trying to, you really have to, like, seriously, like, shift your whole mindset. Yeah, and there's nothing, some people are full-time bloggers and it's fantastic. Like, yeah. And it's awesome, but I think when for me and you we're coaches, like that's that's what that's what we wake up every day and we're excited to do. And I think it's having the confidence to be like, I'm a creative business coach or I'm a creative blog coach, and I also have a blog. It would be crazy for me. Not, I couldn't be a blog coach without a blog. 
<laughs> but it's it's saying that first and foremost, like I'm a business owner and I have a website. It's even calling your blog a website, not a blog. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's all in those little details that you have to kind of get yourself accustomed to like saying and like actually putting it out there. Like I'm not just a blogger, you know. But of course, you know, I can talk about blogging all day long because it's, I'm passionate about, but it is just still a portion of my bigger plan or my bigger vision we talked about before. It's knowing where it fits into your ecosystem. Yeah. It's a tool. I just think a blog is a tool at your disposal. It's not there to tell you what to do. Exactly. You know, like yeah. the minute we, the minute we're like, oh, but all these other bloggers are doing this, or oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And it's like, no, if that's not going to help my business or my people or my goals. And we all know how awesome blogs are. Like they are, for me, my business wouldn't exist if my blog didn't exist. Like, oh, me neither. Uh-huh. But my abilities to do my work would still exist outside of my blog. I think that's the interesting way to look at it. You know, like the blog's awesome way to meet clients and share your work, but it's not why your your abilities exist. Exactly. And I definitely want to give my readers something they can take away. You know, if if they never come back to my blog again, I can at least provide them with that one worksheet or you know, that one tool or that one, I don't know, even book recommendation that they can take with them, you know, and still be able to use in their journey, even if they don't come back to my blog being. And the thing is also, if I always think if someone, when I go to a blog and I take something away that is helpful, that's always the kind of blog that I'm going to return to. Exactly. Yeah. That's the one I'm like bookmarking and like, um, yeah, it's on my tool bar. It's like, yeah, like yeah. I'm just full on stalk you. <laughs> so I think like, so even though you hope you, as long as they can take something, you're happy. But if they do take something, you're just going to stay in their head as someone who solves their problems and makes them positive, actionable change for them. So it's a twofold thing, actually. It's, yeah. It's, it's great. I love that we've been talking about coaching because the other thing, so you wrote a post just a few days ago about how to make the most out of working with a business coach. Yes. And I, I loved it because I'm a, I'm a blog coach. I was nodding along the whole way and I was like, I love this. It's such a interesting approach to thinking about it because if someone invests in services, I think you've got to make the most out of it. This is why we, I'm sure we both say it to our clients, like make the most out of this. Ask me whatever you want, you know, yeah, so you wrote this post, and I don't know if you want to share. You There was five steps, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to see if I can remember everything off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the main thing with that is you're making this investment. Um, and it's not like a little $20 book that you're buying or, you know, something small. For a lot of people, investing in a blog coach can be like a big investment, which means they have to, you have to think about, you know, can I afford this this month? Is this going to take away from, you know, another bill or something I have to pay for? So if you're really going into this thing, I'm going to automatically assume you're serious about starting your business or, you know, you're serious about taking your blog to the next step. Um, and you should think of it as the same exact way. So at first, you know, don't be afraid to be open. Um, you're here to get help you're not here to be judged. You're not here to be looked at crazy. So if you're completely lost and you need like serious help, like be open and don't be afraid to tell your coach, you know, I made $10 last month and I have a thousand dollars worth of bills. What do I do? How can I turn my blog readers into a full-time income or bring in more clients? You know, how can I take this amazing product that I've been making for years and turn it into something that, you know, my kids will be proud to say my mom made that type thing, you know, like, and no, yeah, well, like whatever your personal situation is, like 
don't be afraid to be open with that. And I feel like as a coach, you know, I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. I feel a lot better when you give me full details because I can really get specific as to how I can help you reach your ultimate goal or how I can get you to, you know, accomplish or get work through some of the things that you feel hung up or stressed out about. Um, another thing, um, definitely don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, what seems big to you or what you think may be small to us, maybe a big issue to you. And not saying that any of us know all the answers because there's sometimes I still have to play, you know, let me research that and let me come back to you. Like, <laughs> especially with the really good questions, but don't be afraid to ask. Like there is no dumb question, I believe, when it comes to learning more about your business because no one knows everything. I don't care, you know, the biggest entrepreneurs in the world, I'm pretty sure, still have questions. So definitely don't be afraid to ask. Um, let me see. I'm trying to like reread the post in my head. <laughs> I had um, you. So you mentioned about being honest. And I, I actually had I had a, an awesome coaching call in the week with a new client. And so how so me and you both have the same thing. We have a pre questionnaire when we get to know our clients. And so usually the first call, I go through that questionnaire with the client just so we can pick out the key bits that they've shared in it. And as we started doing it, she said, she said, I need to be honest with you. She was like, I wrote in that, I shared in that questionnaire what I think I should have said, not what I actually meant to say. And I was like, I'm so glad that you said that because sometimes it takes people multiple sessions to realize that. And and I think that's the, if you're hiring someone, and I think it's most coaches and like uh, friendly, kind of compassionate, very personable people, you have to be to do this kind of work. And there's, it's obviously all confidential and there's no judgment in it. And I think being, when you have to get a little vulnerable when you go into a coaching engagement and you have to kind of not be afraid to just say what you want to say. And so I, and then I, I learned so much from this coaching call because I was like, I'm going to make sure everyone from now on I'm gonna be like it's 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 getting into that mindset that it's like in when you go to interviews and you say what you think the interviewer is wanting you to say and it's not like that because you don't need to impress your coach you need to just be straight up honest with them because ultimately they're just here to come on board this with you and help you and be help you stay accountable and so I love I learned so much from that that um sometimes don't be afraid to be like wait I didn't mean to say that that do you know, don't be afraid to say, like, I didn't mean to say that. Can I start again? Because I think that's really important. Yeah. And that's the, the only way you're really going to get the most out of your session. I mean, especially if it's just like an hour session and you may not, you know, have multiple sessions with that particular coach. You want to get everything out there in the open, especially like your biggest issues. Like there is no issue too big. Like I'm here to help you, you know. And I think that's what a lot of people have to to realize you know, like you said it's not an interview you know you don't have to impress me look I was in the exact same place you were at one point if not worse <laughs> so yeah like don't be afraid to like really pour out your heart if you want to get on the on the call and just cry for like the first 10 minutes I promise you I will sit there and virtually hold your hand the entire time like because I know exactly how it feels to be in your position and I want you to not make some of the mistakes that I made before. So I'm, I'm, yeah, you definitely have to get vulnerable and, you know, be willing to share your story and put yourself out there when you're working with a coach. And then ultimately, I think we spoke about, we spoke about this before, like do the work. Like there is you, 
there's 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 only so much you can fit into an hour talking and i know i i i know we give like notes afterwards don't we and i give like tasks and all this stuff and it's like actually do the work like there's there's method to what might seem like our madness like the questions we're asking people and the task we're giving that may seem a little silly like there's a method behind it and it's go away and do the work and actually implement what you're learning like the only way you can make big change in your life is to do big change exactly yeah you have to like actually take those notes and that was another thing I mentioned in the post like take notes or if you're not able to take notes you know ask your coach if notes are going to be given to you afterwards or if you're going to get like a recording for your call to re-listen to and then really go through and take notes and implement everything that you learned into your business or your blog like you're not going to see any kind of results if you just sit there and listen like we can spoon feed you the information. I can hold your hand and take you step by step, but you have to do the work. Like you can't, it's not going to just happen in thin air. Like you really have to put in the work afterwards. Especially like the little, little, you know, worksheets and exercises. I'm, I'm sure my clients think I'm, I'm crazy sometimes for the stuff I give them to do. Like I have them like, really like draw their idea uh, audience like with crayons markers and I, that sounds great <laughs> though I, I... <laughs> like and it may seem like just talking about it may seem crazy but it's actually helpful to be able to see you know your ideal audience like come to life so it's it, there is like you said a method to our madness but you have to be willing to you know put yourself in those silly positions and actually do the work that you may not you know think is that difficult yeah I love that and I think also it's it's always the most important thing is trusting your coach if you're you have to kind of you've obviously hired them because you trust their expertise anyway and you've obviously I most people must have engaged with that person's online presence a lot before they hire them but trust them but also don't be afraid to question like don't be afraid to say why you know like there's a you should trust people but you should I I really believe that Whenever you implement something, whenever you take on advice, whether you've read it or it's been shared with you, you should always question why you're making that decision. So you understand every thought process that's going into your business or your blog, you know, so like don't just never follow advice blindly, but trust, but also question. So you that's how you'll also learn how to get your brain into that kind of mindset in the future for making decisions. You know, if you if you understand the thought process, then you can actually start to have some pretty big mindset shifts, which ultimately make all the difference, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And yeah, you, you have to like really put your whole heart into it. Like I said, like this is this. I mean, not to say that you're going to suck if you don't, you know, take this coaching call seriously, but you don't want to invest your money into something and then leave off just as confused as you were when you started, you know? So, yeah, really. Yeah. Take advantage of a coaching call <laughs> I love that I just I love I had to pick your brain about that post I thought it was so great and then another post that I want to talk to you about it's kind of like a we've got into quite a lot of like deep stuff today but we'll go it's a bit of a lighter one you wrote about to-do lists yeah and I love to-do lists so I, and I know a lot of people staying on top of lots of projects and lots of work is so hard and so I don't know no if we just want to share our to-do list process and our advice for anyone just like how to actually make your to-do list work for you. I think that could be a really fun last thing to talk about. But what, so, yeah, you, you, do you want to share? Yeah, for my um, to-do list, at first, well, I'll tell you how, like, I sucked at it at first. Um, yeah. At first, I was, 
just writing everything that I had to do down on one major list. I didn't think twice about, you know, what, what absolutely needed to be done or what tasks could wait till later. I was just like, I'm going to write it all on one big list and, you know, I'm going to just tackle it as I go. Um, so that was the first big mistake because there's a huge difference between a to-do and a must-do, um, which I, I learned when I felt like I was getting absolutely nothing done. <laughs> um, and then now I kind of realized, for me, I work better during the week or earlier in the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, for me, is when I have to get, you know, my big chunk of things done. Because Thursday, Friday, I'm like, all right, I'm tired. I need a nap. <laughs> but, yeah, and, and I have, I had, like I said, I had to learn the difference between a to-do and a must-do. Um, your to-do are those little menial tasks that, you know, you can do while sitting watching TV. Or you can do, you know, possibly even on your phone while you're, you know, riding to the store or walking through the grocery store. Yeah. Like those- you can do it in the Starbucks queue. You can just be like replying, delete yeah. spam, delete spam. Yeah. Like those little tasks, like, yeah, like deleting old, old emails or I don't know, uh, for me, it would be for my shop, you know, marking things as shipped. Like it's little stuff that like, if it doesn't get done today, it's all right. You know, the world is not over. Um, a must do is things that either are going to directly affect your business or are going to make you money. Um, so that's that would be following up with a prospective client or following up with previous clients or a- answering a current client's emails. Like things like that that must get done in a timely fashion are must-dos. And those are the things that you should focus on first. Um, so for me... Since I know I work better on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I know that I'm sorry, and I know that um, I'm, I'm going to get more done on those days, I schedule like my say my top three must do's on those days. So I do those when I'm most alert and when you know I'm actually can think straight and form a complete sentence. So I do those, and then everything else kind of just trickles down you know, throughout the week. So that's pretty much how I do my to-do list, I guess you can say. <laughs> I think, you know, the, the another huge lesson I learned is the difference between what is important and what is urgent. So there's, so like you said, there's the client engagement, the client tasks, the client leads that they have to get done, you know, their first things in the day. And then the other tasks that I've learned are so important to prioritize are the tasks that are going to cause big change along the way so for example that's creating maybe a piece of content that you know will position your brand or your blog in a way that will start to change things or it's you know creating a product or even like networking events because even though they seem some people would be like oh those are fun tasks it's like no those are going to cause big business change exactly but it's knowing the difference between the them tasks that will cause business change and the tasks that will cause the, that will just distract you. So, so say for example, I used to, we've, I've slow blogging is something we're passionate about. We've spoke about it on the show before. But it's like I used to post every day of the week because I was like, I need to do that to attract all the clients. But if I just post one podcast a week and one really good post a week, that will attract the perfect clients for me. Exactly. And it's, so it's it's knowing it's doing the tasks that will I like you say that that your business needs you to do to keep on ticking over. Or it's about doing the tasks that are going to cause big change in the long run. And ultimately, I think that just comes down to knowing your business and having good instincts. Yeah. 
and listening to your business and what it needs because the tasks will change on a weekly basis as well. Like sometimes your business needs different, sometimes you need to network, sometimes you need to, you know, turn off your phone and just write something that needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned um, about the, like the blogging, not feeling the need to like blog every single day. I think that goes a lot into like changing your mindset of you're not just a blogger and that your, your blog is more of like a marketing tool because I, I noticed that me trying to put up an awesome blog post every single day, it can be draining, especially when, one blog take one one blog post you can take you you know several hours to actually write so yeah it it you definitely have to learn of you know what needs to be done right now i mean of course i would love to blog every single day but is it going to take away from me working with a client or prepare, preparing for a client like i should be yeah definitely i think it's i've i've just learned that that is so important and also say you wake up and you've got a limited amount of time in the day, but you have a crazy to-do list. The way I prioritize my to-do list, because I think prioritizing your to-do list is just, is the most important. It's like laying it out. Yeah. And So first things first is, if I've been paid to do something, like if it's a client, that comes first. Mm -hmm. And then if it's going to make me money, so if it's content marketing or following up with client leads, that always comes second. Yeah. And then third is business growth. So it's creating content that's going to help my business grow or networking that's going to help my business grow. And then fourth, I also think it's really important to prioritize things that will feed your creativity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You definitely have to take, um, especially for me when I, I make jewelry. So for me, I definitely have to take like those, maybe like a day or a couple, even a couple hours and actually dedicate that to, you know, just being able to get out those things that I normally can't do, like being creative and thinking up new ideas and like, you know, playing around with like different beads and materials and things. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> and that every, sounds awesome though. Yeah, like everyone needs those days, even if it's just, you know, taking a couple hours to go through your favorite blog post. You know? Yeah. Everyone needs those those days to kind of just let your mind rest a little bit but still be productive and do stuff that, you know, can potentially, you know, spark new ideas. I try and keep like out oh, this the, don't I wouldn't judge my last two weeks on this because I've had a crazy two weeks but <laughs> I usually try and have an afternoon I try and do Fridays when it's just my Friday like I ha- I can do because because as much as we love our businesses it can be pretty draining to always feel like everything has to be purposeful and make us money and bring in client leads and sometimes it's just nice to just be like I'm just going to create for the two hours and but sometimes the best work even comes out of that but it's just like Let's just create something for a couple of hours and feed your creativity because if you don't, you're going to find yourself really burnt out, I think. Yeah, and that's, that's another thing. Like, you have to give your mind a rest. Like, of course, like, we're entrepreneurs and we, we want to work 20-hour days, but we have to learn, like, you need a break. Like, you're human, and your body will tell you when it's time to have a seat somewhere. It will. It will. So, yeah, you definitely have to learn to schedule in your breaks i know it probably sounds crazy schedule in a break no put, even put them on your calendar in between client calls that's what i do it's like take have lunch go downstairs make some stuff or i have some lunch because it's yeah like- that, oh yeah I, I i'm notorious for forgetting to eat so even like but if it's on my to-do list i'll get to it <laughs> the last question i want to ask you just because i'm 
nerdy about to-do lists, what do you use to do your to-do list? Do you, are you a pen and paper girl or are you a paperless girl? I'm old school. So I have like a pen and paper and like my pretty little, I use the Day Designer um, by Whitney English. The, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I use that. So, yeah, I'm old school. I, there's just something about crossing off stuff on like an actual list that just gets me excited. <laughs> I use an app called to do oh. like oh it's so good i but you you tick it off and so so if you're if you're a paperless girl i would recommend using to do because it's it's great but i think once you get into the habit of ticking off to do sometimes you just put things on the list just so you can tick things oh, off oh yeah like, <laughs> it's like it's like fold clothes like as i'm folding yeah. my clothes oh, <laughs> it feels good though and i think there's nothing better than getting to the end of the day and i my boyfriend comes home from work and i show him my to do like it's a web tool and i'm like i ticked everything off <laughs> And I'm like, and he doesn't care. He's like, I've just been working all day, whatever. But I'm like, I ticked everything off today. And I think, um, and but it's okay if you don't tick everything off. Like there's no. Oh, yeah. And that's another thing I wanted to mention too. Like don't try to pile everything on in one day. Yeah. Like you have to learn to space things out, especially when you have those big tasks like that are going to take you a couple hours to do anyway. Don't try to pile everything on into one day. And then definitely if you don't get to everything, the world is not going to end. Like, exactly. yeah, or like, remember, you have to have your me time, you have to have your time to refresh your mind, or what you're doing is going to suck anyway. So yeah, <laughs> you, no, so true. Yeah. So don't feel bad if you don't get everything off of your list. I, I think if you can get your most important for that day, but don't get to like the little menial task, that's okay. Like schedule it for another day or come back to it a few hours later. So yeah, don't don't stress out about everything done i think ultimately you can't take care of your business or your clients needs if you're not taking care of your own oh yeah i had to learn that the hard hard way oh i'm learning it the hard way right now. yeah <laughs> like, it, like it took me like legit being burnt out and not wanting to do any work you know not wanting to write a single blog post for like a couple weeks for me to realize like I can't keep running myself ragged. And it, it's hard when you're passionate about what you do because all you want to do is work, 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 you know, make what you're doing better. But yeah, you definitely have to think about your, your own physical, your mental, like, yeah, you, your health should always come first. Always. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've had so much fun talking into these topics. I know. I today. love how we got so excited about a to-do list. I don't have to <laughs> no. be like a big nerd now. <laughs> I love it. I so we will finish up with the last two questions okay. that I ask everyone. So, what? So for anyone listening who is, you know, they're working crazy, crazy hard to make big things happen online with their blogs or their business. What would be the biggest piece of advice that you would give to them? Um, I would say to stay focused on what you're passionate about. Um, especially with working online, you know, there's a ton of people out here doing a million things, and it's so easy to be inspired and want to try out a bunch of different things, but I have to learn, well, you have to learn what works for them may not necessarily work for you. So kind of stick to what you're passionate about. Of course, you can step outside the box and, you know, try a couple of different things, but, you know, as long as it directly comes back to your one true passion or what you feel like your purpose is, then you'll be good. I promise. Like passion and hard work, you can do some amazing things as long as you stick with those two things. I love that. It's so true. Purpose and passion. I love it. That's, these are the things that, these are the words I throw around all day. <laughs> and I think, I think you're so right because it's so easy to get, you can be kind of doing what you're doing and then you can see someone doing something awesome and you can be like, oh wow, that looks so cool. I want to do that. And then you have to check, you have to be like, 
wait, is this even what I want to do with my life? Is that even something I'm passionate about? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and it, like I said, it's so easy to be inspired online. It, it is, and which is amazing because, I mean, that's one of the best ways to use this space and, like, this whole realm of, like, bloggers is to be inspired by each other. But, yeah, you have to be passionate about what you do because if you're not, you're just – it's going to feel like a job, and you never want it to feel like a job. And you also, I think, like like you're saying, like, your passion has to exist – in you if you're if you're constantly if your business or your work is constantly being affected by outside sources you don't have that core you don't have that core drive that you just need to so like be inspired and engage with everything awesome out there but at the end of every day know that you are your business you are the ideas you don't need anything else to do it but you do enjoy seeing what is out there yeah yeah you can still float on your own without being you know told float on your own I love that And then the last question is, and this is my favorite question to ask, what are you making happen right now with, with the coach, with the business coach, you know, the shop or side projects or, and then how can we find you along the way and support you along the way? Uh, right now, I just totally revamped my coaching sessions um, and I'm working on a third one now. So definitely check those out, which I'm extremely excited about because I'm a total nerd about making worksheets and things like that. I love, I'm going to, that will be linked in the, in the show notes. And then my, um, big project would be, um, actually writing a workbook. Um, it's going to be like, hopefully an actual physical book that someone can use. Um, and that's going to be all about starting, um, a creative online shop. So that's, oh, I love that. I know. So yeah, I'm hoping to have it hopefully June is what I'm aiming for. <laughs> I think having a, especially with a book or a big project, you have to have that deadline. But you, do you ever set one quite far ahead? Because you think, oh, I can do it by then. And then you look and it's getting closer. It's getting closer. That's how just... I feel right now. It's like, oh God, June is like a week and a half away. Like, what am, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that now. But yeah, for me, I have to set a deadline or mm-hmm. it's going to get pushed under the rug. And I'm yeah, just like, no. oh, I'll get to it later or I'll do it later. Yeah. It comes back to putting it as a must do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it ultimately comes back that's, to. Definitely. And that's definitely when it becomes a must do and checking Twitter is a to do. <laughs> yeah. Or even like a not do. <laughs> I, not do I do less of. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, that sounds great. I'm going to link to all of this stuff in the show notes. I'm excited to see what you do in the next month. Everyone follow Alicia's blog and Twitter and all social media so you can keep up. It sounds very exciting. She's got awesome information over on her blog that I think you guys are going to love. And no, thank you so much for coming oh, on the show thank today. It's you been for great. having me. It's even better <laughs> in the second time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there it is. Episode number five of the Make It Happen podcast. As always, you can find all of the show notes and links mentioned throughout the episode over at jennypearl.co.uk slash podcast. And make sure you head over and visit thealishanicole.com to see more of the awesome things that Alicia is up to right now. If you enjoyed this episode, you can head over to iTunes and leave the show a rating and review so we can reach even more bloggers and creators online. And it would mean so much to me if you did. You can also sign up to the Make It Happen mailing list to receive episodes straight to your inbox each week. And if you're looking for more practical and purposeful insights and advice, you can always head over to jennypur.co.uk to catch up with the latest resources and posts. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Make It Happen. And I really can't wait to share even more episodes with you each and every Thursday.